This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Rum, do you hear something? Yeah, what is that? It's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's not that. It's the best of the buzz with Bill. Is that right, eh? It's a good sign of things to come. Commentary on trending headlines with veteran AMI producer Bill Shackleton. Well, now. Billy! I say Shack! Yep, I'm back. For you coffee lovers out there, Alaska Airlines has created a coffee that it says tastes better in the air. Now, okay. Yeah. Now, before we start this one, I am putting a disclaimer on this article because I don't drink coffee on airlines. You probably know why or what. And you got to get out of your seat. I have that rule too. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 We got to always think ahead, Billy. True. 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 You bet. Yeah. So first, first I got to say that. First, I got to tell us that it's safe to drink this coffee on air uh, in the air, and then we'll think about experimenting. Who cares about the taste at this point? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know what? Apparently, when it comes to coffee and when it comes to airborne or airlines, when you're in the air, food and coffee taste different, or drinks taste different mm-hmm. because it lowers your blood pressure and it inhibits um, your ability to smell. So basically what they have done is they've created a coffee with Portland, Oregon based stump town. They have taken a sort of a medium blend and they have infused it with marshmallows burnt toffee and citrus and apparently it is immune from all these changes that affect your taste and smell when you're in the air don't know about that one but apparently well the burnt would really you'd notice that but i'd rather burnt marshmallow hey bill (laughs) oh yeah that sounds oh gosh even in a coffee is it doing well? Is like how does it taste on land, like on the ground? Well, they've done blind tests and they say it's good. They've they've had company, you know, the company Alaska Airlines has tested it. They have had blind tests in the air, and they're going to be rolling this coffee out in December, and they're going to be serving it on Alaska Airlines and Horizon, which is I guess is their flagship carrier. Um, and the thing, what's interesting is that they are going to be discontinuing their relationship with Starbucks, mm-hmm. which is kind of, I don't know what Starbucks thinks about that. Cares. I, I'm thinking that's a gamble, though. Yeah. They've been working on this for a year, and they've had, like, blind taste yeah. testers yeah. and oh, yeah. surveys and all this. Like, I yes. would have loved to take part. They've paired it with the um, creamers. What do they cre- yeah. call it? Creamers and Biscoff cookies? Biscoff cookies, whatever they like, are. This is an elaborate elaborate project that i wish i had taken uh, part in. i think that's that's Would really nice good? biscotti cookies is that what those are yeah biscotti. yeah, I, I, guess yeah. They are. I don't know like what the they lotus are. biscoffs yeah they're well, good well and i i think what you wonder too is you know not just the in the air thing on the ground but what other foods i always find it interesting how does food affect or another beverage or something if you have something sweet you have something sour it's extra sour but with coffee because of the potency a lot of time in coffee taste does it affect you know, if you have a biscotti, an orange biscotti, yeah, or, yeah. Or so you have whatever. to test the combinations of things, yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see because in my in my mind, there are certain beverages that no matter what you're eating, it's not going to affect it, and yet other no. things are very susceptible to that. Yeah, I know biscotti and coffee; it really changes the taste. If you have a bite of that and then you taste the biscotti, and and 
I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Really interesting. I didn't know, though, that it was the blood oxygen levels yeah. that yeah. get altered that then affect yeah, our right. sense of smell and taste and all that. Smell. That's super well, as soon interesting. As, your smell, as soon as your smell is affected, mm -hmm. that affects your taste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so right? like all this time when we get promos of, you know, gourmet plain food, take this uh, uh, airline because they know what they're doing with food. Have they considered all this stuff or have we just mm. been trolled? I wonder if the blind taste tests were in the air. They had to be, no? They would have had to go flying? You, you have think to. So, yeah, right? so they, they pay for your yeah. ticket. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We've been missing out. Oh, listen, listen. They paid for a ticket. No, they put it in the air in circle. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, here. Here's your ticket, all right, to go round and round. Roll Joe Clark round and Anyways, round. I know. I wonder wow. if they mention any of that other coffee stuff in the fine print. A new memoir serves up life lessons from a childhood in a Chinese restaurant. Um, so the actual title of the memoir is Everything I Learned, I Learned in a Chinese Restaurant. Very fascinating, uh, written by Curtis Chin, who is a Chinese immigrant. And basically, the, the memoir came about, we've all heard the, 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 the saying, don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. Well, his parents said, why not? Basically, they told him that if you don't talk to strangers, you'll only, you won't learn about life. You only learn about mm -hmm. life inside the four walls of the restaurant. So what, this, what would happen was when someone would come into the restaurant and slash delicatessen, his father, Mr. Chin's father, as a, as a growing boy, would say, come on over here, guys. And he would encourage people to talk about life growing up in Detroit and the tribulations, the good and the bad times people had um, as a kid and as an adult. And so over the years, he, Curtis Chin, has taken those stories that people have told him and his father and written a memoir. And the story, of course, is told from the perspective of um, the people in the restaurant. And Curtis Chin also woven into the memoir his life as a Chinese immigrant and coming out as a gay person. And I think it's a fascinating. I mean, it is available on Audible and Amazon.ca. Nice. Might be an interesting read. Very much so. Did um, it talk about the approaches? Like how he wrote this book, the, the tone and delivery of these experiences? Yeah, because as um, a memoir, I'm I'm thinking there's a chronological to it. Mm -hmm. I would like, like yeah, to well, think they, yes, in the first well, person. There's three. Um, he doesn't call them chapters. He calls them menus. So there's three Which chapters of That's I think, sweet. I love that. Yeah. yeah, eight stories in each one, like in each right, chapter. Like so right. Wow. Your cocktail, so, your main, and your dessert. That well, that's what he what he calls it. Is interesting is. He doesn't call it chapters in the book. He calls it menus, of course. Yeah. Because you're it. doing relating with the back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I wonder when he, tra so, when he travels, if people say, Are you the man from Detroit? You know, I'm sure they yeah, say, Yeah, I don't know. Remember that Billy? one? Yeah. <laughs> Guy said that to Billy and I once. He looked at me and said, Yeah. Are you the man from Detroit? And Bill yeah. and I have never stopped laughing about that, have we, Bill? Anyway, yeah. um, the, the thing I really love about this, Bill, is that going back to what his father said. Talk to people yeah. because oh, I yeah. start thinking mm -hmm. about how we were told as children, be careful, don't talk to strangers. Right. But 
But did you really live that, Bill? I mean, if somebody come up to you, hello, young man, you didn't just, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers, even though we do pretend that on TV and that you answered because you the next thing told to you by your parents was you're being spoken to speak up. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, um, you may be wary, you may have been nervous, you may have been scary. But what lessons with these conversations that this child as he grew older and comfortable to approach people to talk, and especially when you talk somebody who English isn't his first language necessarily, but um, and I, I mean, I don't know that. I'm sure we discover that in the memoir. But to, to learn English that way, to learn about slang, to learn about, I don't mean cursing. I just mean the way people speak. Yes, yes. Um, the, the the things that people do, the other cultures. Oh, well, he's an Italian gentleman. He, you know, at the time, you would get so many life lessons without leaving your restaurant and learn about, you know, about history, learn about geography, because people coming in, settle back, and as long as you're not obviously being a nuisance, you are listening in, you are involved in. And I, I think that's amazing, Billy, and I'm sure you kind of get this reflected in this memoir, and that's probably what's really making it you know, interesting. Read the memoir mm. from Man from Detroit. Yeah, it's it, yeah. You know what's interesting is how we got people to talk. I mean, when you go into a restaurant, you're not going to talk about. I mean, today, I, I guess it's a different time, a different era. It is, yeah. Probably but, different type of restaurant. Know, it, As a delicatessen, more like you know Schwartz's delicatessen in Montreal or something like that. You're going to get a lot of that because, and especially at that time, you get to know servers. You did exactly. And that's what you did. You, people weren't Regulars. so afraid of you know. Hi, how are you? You mm-hmm. you, you, you talking to me? You know, why? Oh, like, yeah. It wasn't like that. We're definitely thinking about it as nowadays, right? Because even, you know, you get into uh, an Uber or a cab or something, mm. it is so inappropriate or taboo to ask people their background and where they're originally from or where their parents are from. There's a lot of this kind of, um, you know, back and forth now about is it appropriate, is it inappropriate, all of this. But in this memoir, we're hearing about the father encouraging it, right? Ask about people's backgrounds, talk to them about where they're from, because I want you to explore more, expand your world, uh, worlds. And I think that there's some kind of interesting perspective to this because they're also in this article talking about how he explores these giant hard-hitting issues like racism and uh, homophobia and social justice issues but does it in a way that he's coming from like i don't know a more patient empathetic point of view it's not a you know a a preachy like take my perspective as yeah yeah i think that's because he would have been handed all those wouldn't he billy In, in talking to people you know, you may talk to two people from the LGBTQ community and you get three or four different perspectives, one from each or a, a, a black gentleman mm-hmm. in, the, in the restaurant, whatever it might be. And I think that helps you be comfortable, be uh, all right with asking questions. If a person says, well, I'm not comfortable answering, OK, you don't take it. Oh, well, I didn't mean any offense. I didn't. You you understand that that doesn't mean yeah. that's they're just not ready to share. No. Sorry, Bill, you were saying. Yeah, I know there there are two things that come that he wants people to understand with about this memoir. First of all, um, he wants people to understand the Chinese experience, the the immigrant experience, mm. yep. and more yep. importantly, he wants people to know that Detroit, you know, it 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 didn't always have a very good. It wasn't necessarily a good place to go. Mm. Was right? It, was it not? And and it was it was very rough people, in that time. Yeah. Period, oh so, yeah. 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 It was. Interesting and at the end wants, of the, yeah, he wants ahead. people, he wants people to, there is a good side to Detroit. 
And nah. that's what he wants people to understand it, from the memoir. Interesting because I think, and I'm two hours from Detroit, and a lot of London, Ontario's influence has has been Detroit since I was right. a little boy, whether it's watching television or whatever. And a lot of what we would see of Detroit and hear of Detroit is the black community, the white community, which is, yep, is, is smaller than the black community, but not so much your your Hispanic or your Asian community, particularly. So this is very fascinating, which is, I'm sure, what intrigues a lot of people and the comforts for, for someone to come up and, who are you and where do you come from? What are you asking me? Right. But again, yeah. different time where you sat in a delicatessen restaurant and did talk to people. You weren't afraid that if someone looked over at you, what are you looking at? Ontario woman uh, is criticized for a scathing obituary of her father. Now, basically what she's doing the question she's asking is, if somebody's dead, do we have to be nice to them? That got up on TikTok. And of she, <laughs> yeah, of course it did. Why would, why would TikTok's wouldn't it? the new yeah. world star. Yeah. Well, and yeah. people would love reading that oh, on their performance, oh, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. She's got good and bad criticism. Uh, I'm just going to read what this obituary says. <laughs> okay, Billy, I Billy, agree. lay right into it. Brace yourselves. Uh -huh. Yeah, brace yourself for this one. I am pleased to announce the passing of Stephen Hartley Cannell, the absentee, artistic father, husband, brother, and son finally kicked the bucket. The, the, do you, I mean, for me personally, the, the controversy is, do we speak ill of the dead? And I, I can't imagine how somebody could be that hateful that they can't find something good to say about somebody. I mean, if you look deep into your heart, do you really hate somebody that much that you can't find something good to say? I mean, he was a rotten father, a rotten brother, a, ro a, um, a, a rotten wife or husband. And it just seems to me, I can't comprehend how well, anybody could be, you know, Okay, I have an example of a, a book that I read that I'll point to in a second. But this line that she says I found to be really intriguing. She says, death can be redemptive. I believe yeah. that. But if you choose not to find the meaning themselves to say terrible till the end, should we not write them as they lived? And I think that's the juicy question that people are, uh, you know, considering, right? With the, the attention that she's getting in all this. So because we we really skate around it like no matter how terrible your relationship might be to someone who passed away you know your close family member or anything else uh you don't talk that way about them once they die like period it's just an it's a rule you don't no, do that's that that's right i yeah. agree i agree but anyways there's well, this book I, called um it's an unwritten rule yeah right? it's an unwritten rule there's a book called i'm glad my mom died and it was jeanette mccurdy who wrote this book the the girl who plays sam and i carly we read it kills and we did it was such a good book for exactly the same reasons, right? Like, by the end, you find out her mother is dead. It's not a spoiler, really. But the way that she speaks of her, the things that she takes us through, the situations through the book, are brutal. They're vile. It paints her mother in a terrible way. And she's had to come to terms with just really accepting her mom as she was. And that mm -hmm. included just full-on saying, I hated her. I did not love my mother. She did not, uh, you know, give me the life that I deserved, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
So there's a period of time that people find that they can do this open and be, you know, it's, it's sort of like, when do you kind of make jokes about the dead? People yeah, have gone. Yeah. Um, and we do this with history a lot, especially because if, if a person is a person of means, if a person is a, a historical character that we know of, they, they were significant. It's You can make jokes about that person for some reason, because in our minds, well, they had all the benefits of life. We can joke about William Shakespeare now, ha, 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 or mm. put him in a joke. We, we can, there's still someone who died. I think for me, I was always taught, don't suddenly turn the corner. You didn't like someone, thought the worst of them, whatever, they were an evil. As soon as they're dead, don't walk around and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss that guy. You know, whatever, like, and, and, and for whatever brownie points you think you're scoring. I feel more of the need of, it's the family. You're going to write this obituary. What about the remaining family members? All right. If everybody felt that way about the person, or if you knew the person's sense of humor would love you to put something like that mm. together. And I think of comics when they do those roasting people yes, and yes. say things, whether they're dead, whether they're alive. Like, I'm so, oh, whoa. They, they go, because they're comics, they'd go deep and down and nasty, right? So I... I see this, and of course, the first thing I do is chuckle at it. I don't know the man. I don't know if this yeah. is for real. My first thought because is... Because <laughs> it's so extreme. It is, but it's almost extreme enough to be a joke, right? But I'm assuming, no, it's an obituary. Oh, I yeah. have she to wonder more so about oh, the family. Yeah. Um, maybe they all well, the feel brother, the same way. I can tell, I can tell you the brother, the brother agrees with her. So apparently, it didn't just say anything about other members of the family, but the brother agreed that he was a... Not a very nice person. Something about being evil. Yeah. Yeah. Evil evil and, just, evil and... and I, I, I don't have a problem. I'm not sure if it were my paper, I'd want to put it in. I might say, you know what? With all the people going through grief, to have that stuck in the middle of my other obituaries, I'm sorry. All right. But how do you get into this world of censor? We we get upset when they do it with a book. Uh, you have to stop and say, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know the circle. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be sued by another family member. How dare you put that in there? So I'm kind of torn because it's the truth of the matter. Um, otherwise, you're making a short obituary, like you said, Bill. Can't you come up with something nice? You know, you know, what are you going to say? Well, it's, it's good hard. that he's gone. It's hard because of the role that not even the role, but like the person that she is, her image of her father, because she also talks in this article about um, her father being terrible to her mother, who was a fragile yeah, human being, right. according to her, right? So there's yeah, that yep. history of abuse, that history of like, why are you the way you are? And so obviously she built up a lot of resentment towards this human being who is now dead, but to her, it's like, doesn't matter if he's dead or not, he was terrible. If somebody else were to write the obituary, maybe they'd be a bit more sensitive to the, the unspoken rule of, hey, we're not going to speak ill of the dead. Or, you know, not Other people necessarily outside of the family. Obviously, yeah. right? This person was the person not, to submit it. Not know, disrupt um, the funeral or the the um, ceremony. Do you call it festivities? Like the ceremony of the dead this way because you want it to be this particular vibe. Um, and this it could tone, be possible there is no funeral. This could be her only yeah, way yeah. of dealing with this express. in this way mm. and to express. And we, you know, again, we don't know if this is, nope. I, 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 you know, part of her coming to grips with the life that, that sure. she has been dealt with this person, her brother, her mother. Um, and at the end of the day, dad's gone, doesn't care. Now, clearly, this is cathartic for her. Clearly. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do I'd it. I'd hate to find oh. other literature that she's writing with oh, this we're stuff. Weird too, I'm way too uncomfortable to say anything like this at, uh, towards somebody. Like, wow. Scary. Yeah, I, I, well, I, you know, I could say uh, things that could have said things about my father and... Mm -hmm. 
You know, I mean, he was not very nice either, but it was some good things. He was my dad. What am I going to say? Yeah. yeah. Right. And also well, at his funeral, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or in print for everybody else, the world to see because of that. And again, some would say, well, I love the honesty. That's great. Mm. She can speak that way. Well, I, I hope more so, like you said, it's cathartic. There's a reason for it, for the family, for yeah. her, mom, brother. That is something we will never understand, hopefully. And there are those but out there, most. I'm sure, unfortunately, who would understand. And and your heart goes out to them yeah. because they're feeling the same way, like, good for her, get it out, because maybe they want it or would like mm. to do that themselves um, in whatever proper venue. I mean, I think that's the thing for all of us. Yeah. I'm not sure everybody needs to see that, but I'm not this person who needs to cleanse or, or for all we know, maybe, maybe she's the evil one. Oh, no. Oh, plot twist. Yeah, United Airlines rolling out plan that lets passengers in economy class with window seats board first. So this is going to be happening on October 26th. Um, a move designed, uh, of course, United is saying, a move designed to reduce the time planes spend on the ground. So basically, they have devised this plan called WILMA, which stands for window, middle, and aisle seats. So essentially, there are some exceptions to this. But basically, what it's going to mean is um, if you have a window seat, you're going to be boarding first. If you have a middle seat, you're going to be boarding second. If you have an aisle seat, you'll be boarding third. Um, passengers in first class or business class, that's not going to change. Or people with disabilities or families with minors, that's not going to change any. So basically what they're saying is since 2018, 2019, it's uh, the the time planes spending that are spending on the ground are two minutes. It has, it has increased by two minutes. So they figure that if you can board, you know, in groups, it means you can find your seat, you can put your luggage up on the bin, and you know how how hectic it can be when you board a plane. Oh, I'm in the wrong seat. You're in my seat. Excuse me while I lift my luggage over, <laughs> you know, over your head. It's a real pain. So, and Billy, it, I, I have to ask, do you think this means that everybody's going to want a window seat because they get on first and get first dibs of putting their luggage in the overhead uh, shelf there? I have no idea. Um, it might. I don't know. Um, not I, sure. Can I also play devil's advocate? Because... I, and I and I agree with what you're saying with the whole. Oh, can I lift my luggage in the overhead bin? I'm gonna step over you half a dozen times, whatever. But like that poor person that's on the aisle, like they are not going to get space in the overhead bin. That's what and I, I mean. And I understand the point of well, then book something in the you know window or the middle. But like that just leaves the person in an already what seems to be this fighting world for space in the overhead bin, that just puts the person at such a disadvantage that I they're going to be I mean, on the I never, aisle. I never even thought of that end of it. Um, yeah, I guess it would. Um, they didn't offer any solutions to that. Um, 
really? They never do, so, yeah. do they? <laughs> no, I guess, I guess they don't. Well, I guess they'll they'll figure it out. Apparently, somebody's done an experiment with oh, passenger ex yeah, boarding, they and yeah. they they found that the very best way is to let everybody board all at once without any without caring about who sits, who comes in first, who comes in last, and that people will sort it out in their on their own. And that actually is faster than calling this, you know, the back of the plane or the middle of the plane or the aisle or the sides. So. I, you know, I, I'm willing to see what that looks like, but um, I, I would be shocked if it turned out to be a whole lot better. Yeah, well, you know, and the other aspect of this, which is interesting, is um, you say two minutes says it's increased uh, by two minutes by 2019. Mm. It doesn't seem like much, but when you configure configure that there are maybe 20 planes going to an airport, oh, that's um, a lot. you can't land because someone's stuck on the ground. So the yeah. idea is. If you can get the less time on the ground, uh, a sooner a plane can land. So I think this is what this is really all about. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I I think like the first thing that comes to my mind, guys, is like what makes this more efficient for us as the airline, which is fine. But then they they play this game of like, oh, but it's going to make it more efficient for the passengers too. Until you bring up the point of, yeah, but what about the poor soul in the aisle seat that comes in yeah. last and goes, oh, yeah. I'm here now. And I, like, I love the idea. I appreciate it. But there is always that negative piece to the story. And I think I found the negative piece that says, <laughs> yeah, that poor soul in, in the third seat is going to well, be in Speaking of unintended consequences, I think you figured that one out then, didn't you, Brock? Bill Shackleton is a usual suspect on our show, Kelly and Rumya. You can catch Shaq skulking around the studio on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the end of the first hour of the show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of the buzz.